Mark chapter 3 verse 20 through chapter 4 verse 13 verses 20 through 30. And the multitude cometh together again, so that they could not so much as eat bread. And when his friends heard of it, they went out to lay hold on him. For they said, He is beside himself. And the scribes which came down from Jerusalem said, He hath Beelzebub, and by the prince of the devils casteth he out devils. And he called them unto him, and said unto them in parables, How can Satan cast out Satan? And if a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan rise up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand. But hath an end. No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he will first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house. Verily I say unto you, all sin shall be forgiven unto the sons of men, and blasphemies wherewith soever they shall be blasphemed. But he that shall blaspheme against the Holy Ghost hath never forgiveness, but is in danger of eternal damnation, because, they said, he hath an unclean spirit. Burkett notes, Observe here, one, truly our Lord's words were verified, John 4.34, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me. For he and his apostles, going into a house to refresh themselves in their hunger, the people pressed upon him so fast to hear the word that he regards not the satisfying of his hunger, but applies himself to instruct the people. Lord, how exemplary was thy zeal and diligence in preaching the everlasting gospel to a lost world, as it is instructive to, may be it imitated, and followed by all thy ambassadors. Observe, too, the rash censure of our Savior's friends, that is, his kinsmen, concerning this action, in neglecting to eat bread and suffering the multitude thus unseasonably to press upon him. They conclude he is beside himself, out of his right mind, and accordingly went to lay hold upon him. Learn hence, one, that the forward zeal and diligence of Christ and his ministers in preaching the gospel is accounted madness and frenzy by a blind world. But they may say with the apostles, 2 Corinthians 5.13, If we be beside ourselves, it is to God. But who were persons that thus looked upon our Savior as beside himself? Verily, his own kindred and relations, according to the flesh. Learn hence, too, that oft times the servants of God meet with the strongest temptations from, and are most discouraged and molested by, such as are their nearest relations by blood or alliance. This is a great trial, to find our relations setting us back instead of helping us forward in the ways of religion. But we must bear it patiently, knowing that not only others of God's children, but Jesus Christ, his own and only Son, did experience this trial. Observe 3. The malicious and wicked slander which the scribe endeavored to fix upon our blessed Savior, namely, that he was possessed by the devil, and by a familiarity with him and help from him, cast forth devils out of others. Good God, how was thine own only Son, the holy and innocent Jesus, censured, slandered, and falsely accused of the worst of crimes, of gluttony, of blasphemy, of sorcery? Can any of thy children expect freedom from the persecution of the tongue when innocency itself could not protect thy holy Son from slander and false accusation? Observe 4. Our Savior's answer and just apology for himself, in which are contained 1. A confutation of their calumny and slander. 2. A reprehension of the scribes for the same. To confute this slander, our Savior, by several arguments, shows how absurd and unlikely it is 
that the devil should cast out himself, and anyway seek to oppose and destroy his own kingdom. As if our Savior had said, Is it likely that Satan would lend me his power to use it against himself? Surely Satan will do nothing to weaken his own interest or shake the pillars of his own kingdom. Now if I have received any power from Satan for destroying him and his kingdom, then is Satan like a family divided within itself, and like a kingdom divided against itself, which can never stand, but be brought to desolation. Our Savior, having sufficiently shown that he did not work his miracles by the power of the devil, the next informs them from whence he had that power, even from God himself. And accordingly, he compares Satan to a strong man well-armed, with weapons to defend his house. And he compares himself, clothed with divine power, to one that is stronger than the strong man. So that the argument runs thus. The devil is very strong and powerful, and there is no power but God's only that is stronger than his. If then, says Christ, I were not assisted with a divine power, I could never cast out this strong man, who reigns in the bodies and souls of men, as in this house." For it must be a stronger than the strong man that shall bind Satan. And who is he but the God of strength? Learn hence that Christ's divine power only is superior to Satan's strength. He only can vanquish and overrule him at his pleasure and drive him out of that possession which he holds either in the body or in the souls of men. Observe 5. The charge which our Savior brings upon the scribes and Pharisees blaspheming his divine power in working miracles. He charges them of sinning the unpardonable sin against the Holy Ghost. All sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven, but he that shall blaspheme against the Holy Ghost hath never forgiveness. As if Christ had said, All the reproaches which you cast upon me as man are pardonable, as when you check me with the poverty and meanness of my birth, when you censure me for a wine-biber, a glutton, a friend and companion of sinners, and the like unjust crimes. But when you blaspheme that divine power by which all my miracles are wrought, and, contrary to the conviction of your own enlightened minds, maliciously ascribe all my miracles to the power of the devil, which were wrought indeed by the power of the Holy Ghost, this makes your condition not only dangerous but desperate, because you resist the last remedy and oppose the best means for your conviction. For what can be done more to convince you that I am the true and promised Messiah than to work so many miracles before your eyes to that purpose? Now, if when you see these you will say, it's not the Spirit of God that works these, but the power of the devil, as if Satan would conspire against himself and seek the ruin of his own kingdom, there is no way or means left to convince you, but you will continue in your obstinacy and malicious opposition to truth to your unutterable and inevitable condemnation. Verses 31 through 35. There came then his brethren and his mother, and standing without, sent unto him, calling him. And the multitude sat about him, and they said unto him, Behold, thy mother and thy brethren without seek for thee. And he answered them, saying, Who is my mother or my brethren? And he looked around about on them, which sat about him, and said, Behold, my mother and my brethren, for whosoever shall do the will of God, the same is my brother and my sister and mother. Burkett notes, Observe here, one, the truth and verity of Christ's human nature. He had affinity and consanguity with men, persons near in blood to him by the mother's side, called here his brethren, that is, his kinsmen. Observe, too, that the mother of Christ, though she was a blessed and holy woman, yet she was not free from sin, but failures and infirmities are found with her. It was a fault to interrupt our Savior unreasonably at this time, 
when he was preaching to the people, the like we see in her at other times, Luke 2.48 and John 2.3. No saint here on earth ever was in a state of sinless perfection. Blessed be God, we are hastening to such a state. Observe 3. That Christ did not neglect his holy mother or disregard his poor kindred and relations, but only showed that he preferred his father's work and business before their company and acquaintance at this time. Observe 4. How exceedingly dear obedient Christians are to Jesus Christ. He prefers his spiritual kindred before his natural. Alliance by faith is more valued by our Savior than alliance by blood. To bear Christ in the heart is a greater honor than to bear him in the womb. Blessed be God, this great and gracious privilege is not denied us even now. Although we cannot see Christ, yet love him we may. His bodily presence cannot be enjoyed by us, but his spiritual presence is not denied us. Though Christ be not in our house, in arms, in affinity, in consanguity, yet in heart, in faith, in love, in service, he is or may be ours. Verily, spiritual regeneration bringeth men into a more honorable relation to Christ than natural generation ever did. Chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. And he began again to teach by the seaside. And there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea. And the whole multitude was by the sea, on the land. And he taught them many things by parables, and said unto them in his doctrine, Burkett notes, The foregoing chapter acquainted us with the blasphemous slander which the scribes and Pharisees cast upon our blessed Savior, accusing him of casting out devils by the help of the devil. This they did, no doubt, to discredit his person and hinder his ministry. Yet for all this the people follow him in great multitudes, more than ever, to hear him and to be instructed by him. Thence learn, one, that all the power and malice of Satan and wicked men shall not be able to suppress the gospel or hinder the free course of it. Yea, the more it is opposed, the more it shall prevail. The more the scribes and Pharisees disgrace our Savior and vilified his doctrine, the more the people followed him in troops to be partakers of his ministry. Observe, too, the place where our Lord now preached, in a ship, not that he declined the temple or the synagogue when he had the opportunity, but in the want of them, Christ thought a house, a mountain, a ship, no unmet place to preach in. It is not the place that sanctifies the ordinance, but the ordinance that sanctifies the place. Observe 3. Our Savior's gesture in preaching. He sat, it being the custom of the Jewish church so to do. Matthew 23, 2. The scribes and Pharisees sit in Moses' chair. Learn thence that in indifferent rites and orders, touching the outward worship of God, we are to conform ourselves to the laudable customs and practice of the church in which we live, and whereof we are members. This did our Savior, and so ought we. Observe 4. The manner of our Lord's preaching. It was by parables and solemnitudes, which was an ancient way of instructing among the Jews, and a very convincing way, working upon men's minds, memories, and affections all at once, making the mind attentive, the memory retentive, and the auditors inquisitive after the interpretation of the parable. Some were of the opinion our Savior's parables were suited to his hearers' employments, and accordingly, many of his hearers being husbandmen, he resembles his doctrine to seed sown in the field, for thus he speaks. Verses 3-9 through nine. Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow, and it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, 
and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up, and some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And others fell on good ground, and did yield up fruit, that sprang up and increased, and brought forth some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundred. He said unto them, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Burkett Notes 1. Several things are to be observable, as 1. How Christ begins and ends the parable with an admonition to diligent and serious attention. Hearken, says Christ, verse 3. And, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 9. This shows us at once the people's backwardness and negligence in applying their minds to hear and receive the word of God, and also shows the minister's duty to excite and stir up the people's diligence and attention in hearing God's word. Observe, too, what is the general scope and design of this parable, namely, to show that there are four several sorts of hearers of God's word, and but one good one, but one sort only who hear to saving advantage. Now, as to the matter of the parable, note one, the sower is Christ and his apostles, he the principal sower, they the subordinate seedsmen. Christ sows his own field, his ministers sow his field. He sows his own seed, they his seed. Woe unto us if we sow our own seed, not Christ's. Note 2. The seed sown, the word of God. Fabulous legends and unwritten traditions which the seedmen of the Church of Rome sow, these are not seeds but chaff, or their own seed and not Christ's. Our Lord's field must be all sown with his own seed, with no mixed grain. Learn one, that the word preached is like seed sown in the furrows of the field, as seed has a fructifying virtue in it, by which it increases and brings forth more of its own kind, so has the word of God a quickening power to regenerate and make alive dead souls. Learn, too, from this parable, that the seed of the word, where it is most plentifully sown, is not alike fruitful. Seed doth not thrive in all ground alike, neither doth the word fructify alike in the souls of men. There is a difference both from the nature of the soil and from the influence of the spirit. For though no ground be naturally good, yet some is worse than other. Learn three, that the cause of the word's unfruitfulness is very different, not the same in all. In some, it is a hard heart to unbelief. To others, distracting cares of the world choke the word, like thorns which hinder the corn's growth, by overshadowing it, by drawing away the moisture and heart of the earth from it, and by hindering the influence of the sun from cherishing it unto which may be added the policy of Satan, that bird of prey, which follows God's plow, and steals away the precious seed of the word out of the furrows of their souls. Learn, for, that the best ground doth not bring forth increase alike. Some good ground brings forth more, others less, some thirty, some sixty, some a hundredfold. In like manner, a person may be a profitable hearer of the word, although he doth not bring forth so great a proportion of fruit as others, provided he brings forth as much as he can. Verses 10 through 13. And when they were alone, they that were about him with the twelve, asked him of the parable. And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But upon them that are without, all these things are done in parables, that seeing they may see and not perceive, 
and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted, and their sin should be forgiven them. And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable? And how then will you know all parables? Burkett notes, Observe here the disciples' question and our Savior's reply. Their question is about the sense and meaning of the parable. They own their ignorance and desire better information. It is no shame for the best of ministers, yea, the best of men, to acknowledge their own ignorance in the mysteries of religion, and to attend upon the means of instruction in order to their further information. In our Savior's answer, to you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, etc. Observe 1. That the doctrines of the gospel are great mysteries. 2. That it is a matchless and invaluable privilege practically to understand gospel mysteries. 3. That this privilege all are not sharers in and partakers of, but only those to whom it is given. 4. That it is a righteous thing with God to give such persons over to farther blindness and ignorance in spiritual things who willfully reject the truth and shut their eyes against the light and evidence of it. The Pharisees had all along shut their eyes and said they would not see, and now Christ closes their eyes judicially and says they shall not see. Seeing ye shall see and not perceive, and hearing ye shall hear and not understand.